family, what's going on? What's happening? Hope everybody's good, fam. But listen, fam, today we're going to talk about white flight. Yep, that's right. White flight. Now, white flight took place in the 1950s and 1960s. It's pretty much when, when black folks moved in the neighborhood. White folks had to get up out of there. So we out of here. Because they actually thought, you know, they was going to bring crime, drugs, and and eventually kind of destroy their, their property value, right? But the uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which ended segregation, well, racial segregation, I say, because, you know, we know, you know, our schools and our houses are more segregated than ever now. So family after World War II, when it ended in 1945, we missed out on the GI Bill, so we wasn't able to, you know, create no wealth then. But now the lucky few, the few that was able to, you know, manage to save up a few dollars, you know, buy a house in Mr. Whitman's white suburbia, you know, they moved there, but then, you know, for one, they didn't want you there. Now you got the house, you got the house, right, family? And you know what they say, there goes the neighborhood. <laughs> so that's when, you know, white folks had to flew up out of here, out of here, gone. That's when the flight took place, mostly in urban areas. You know, had to get up out of here. See you. Going back to suburbia. But family, when they, when they, when they flew up out of here, they took the jobs too. You know, it was like a vacuum when the plane took off. And then the uh, the jobs suck all the jobs out, family. So now we in, you know, we in the hood with no jobs. Cause white folks took the jobs with them when they flew up out of, out of suburbia. Now, fam, I can, I can personally say that I saw white flight second coming in Savannah. Um, maybe the late, late 90s, early 2000s. And a lot of folks was, was moving out was moving out of the city, going west. Everybody want to go west, going to Pooler, Richmond Hill, Highway 17, all those new subdivisions, they're gone. See what I'm saying? Now, there was a few black folks going through. A few of my friends went on out there. So there was a few middle class at the time black folks want to move out there too. But I told them, don't, don't go out there. Don't go messing with them folk without no money. Like Richard Pryor used to say. But I try to warn the family, don't don't move out there. Stay in the city. You know, hold the line. Keep 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 keep, keep your property in Savannah. But nope. They wanna shoot on fly on out there too. But now that same property is double its value. Okay? In the city. So family, what we have here. Now is we got uh we got white descent, <laughs> okay? Cause now they want the city back. A lot of people moving back to the city now. So we gonna call that white descent coming on back down, and they're trying to take the city by any means necessary, family. Any means necessary, meaning even by gentrification. Yep, gentrifying the whole city. Family, I remember definitely in Savannah on um, what that is Price Street. Price Street. There was um, 
There's a majority of black folks own those houses on Price Street back then. From Price, from Liberty to probably Victory Drive. Price Street used to be a one, it should be a one way, but it was two lanes. Two lanes going one way. When black folks, mostly black folks had that, that property, you know what I'm saying? But then it got gentrified and if they didn't own it they used to rent them I don't know but it was mostly black folks living in that area now what we got they done took a whole lane out and, and then mostly white people got the houses now now they got made a parking lot out of one lane so they got a lane for their parking now you can park but you know when, when black folks had they ain't give a damn about no parking you just find a way wherever you had to park at just find where you want to park buddy park your car I mean, hell, I can remember when I used to live in newspapers down there. I used, that's right, was a newspaper boy, downtown Savannah. We didn't we didn't have any any bike lanes. You know what I'm saying? Now they got bike lanes and and dog parks. You know what I mean? I don't have anything against dogs or pets for that matter, you know. But we didn't have all those amenities when, when black folks had that property. So, family, every time I go to Savannah, it's always something new. They're building something. And that's great. That is great. You know, you know, the city got to progress. But, you know, us black folks need to be involved. We need to get some money, to, you know, to get some involvement, get some hotels downtown and elsewhere, you know. So, family, this is a push for reparations. Family, you know, it really does sad me when I see how segregated the city actually is you know um what they got in the park uh, Juliet Gordon Lowe which is the founder of the Girl Scout but they got the Juliet Gordon Lowe Park not too far from my house but it's, it's only for those people in that neighborhood I don't get that you know so I don't know if it's a public park I, was, I, I gotta do some more research about that park see what the real deal is but I know it's a private park or something and just people in the neighborhood could use the park I mean come on and mostly predominantly white neighborhood I mean to me they should let all the Girl Scouts go and you know play on the park <laughs> you know not just for that neighborhood I know Savannah is, is 55 56 something like that percent black majority black but it doesn't reflect that in the black you know, in the own, black-owned businesses in Savannah, you know. So in, instead of the city trying to build a Salvation Army or a homeless shelter on the west side, how about investing in some kind of black businesses out there? Salvation Army, that's not one of them. You know, family, this is not just Savannah. You know, this goes on everywhere, all around the world. You know, I'm just mostly focuses on savannah because you know it's, it's home it's my hometown and i see a lot of this stuff firsthand you know grew up in savannah born and raised in savannah you know left of course but for the most part you know spent a lot of time in slovanna georgia you know love that city really do but we got to cater to some you know some of us black folks so we can just, you know at least try to get ahead some kind of atonement for some black folks but family, we're not going to give up. Just hold the line. Don't give up the ship. Hold the line, fam. So family, I'm going to talk about a, a, a personal experience of mine. 
you know, matter of fact, I may have to add this in the segment, personal experiences. Well, this experience is when uh, a friend of mine, when I brought my house, he was trying to get the house next door. It was vacant, very next door. I meant next to me, the house next, right? He's like, yeah, man, I, I got approved for the loan and everything looks good. Boy, we're going to be neighbors. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, you know, homeboys, we're going to be neighbors. We we already had our strategy, how we're going to do our yards and, you know, we have a gate here, a revolving gate that you come when you want to, go when you want to, you know, uh, me and him, homies. Now, for some reason, got approved for the loan and everything looked good. And a couple of days later, the realtor told him, nope, you can't get the house. It's got asbestos. Got asbestos? And it's going to take thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, to get it you know, removed. He was like, dang, man, I don't, the realtor ain't say nothing about that. Well, you know, that's what they told him. He didn't have no thousands of dollars getting no asbestos removed. So he didn't get the house. He didn't get the house. He was disappointed. You know, I was disappointed. Hell, you know, I thought we was going to be neighbors and we was going to change the neighborhood. But he didn't get the house. And I don't know, I guess about a year later, this, this you know, white guy moved in and he didn't he didn't get the asbestos removed unless he got it removed at night, you know. And, and I missed it because I was there. You know, he moved in, no problem. And, you know, so I'm like, ah, man, that's not discriminatory. I don't know what it is. You know, that's 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 one of my personal experiences that came out the personal book. But keep in mind that house has tripled its value. Well, double. I say double its value. Lost out on that deal. So, fam, let's talk a little bit about Rayman. We always know Rayman. You know, when federal government, you know, would, would insure certain loans in certain neighborhoods. But in, you know, in the black neighborhood, it was redlined. It was, de- it was deemed, you know, a F rating. It would give you an F rating. Why, you know, in the in the white neighborhood, it was outlined green, which meant, you know, that was more desirable. So. In that effort, we lost out on that. So family in the redlining areas, you know, we was denied a lot of the services that the green liners was getting. So that's going to make it extremely difficult for our neighborhood. So family, how are we going to prosper if we got the federal government spearheading all of this, you know, segregation and division? These were federal policies. The National Housing Act of 1934. Okay, that was a federal policy. Okay, now the Fair Housing Act was passed, you know, 32 years later in 1968. But we all know it had never been fair housing. Still ain't, you know, fair housing. You know what I mean, family? Um, can anybody say Wells Fargo, Bank of America? Yeah, they got over white folks. White folks got over on the the black folks and the brown folks. But those high interest loans and subprime loans, man. Again, family, these was 
uh, federal policies. So the federal government spearheaded all this. Well, family, I read this book called The Color of Law. And the author is Richard Ronstein. He was named this. That was a very good book. He explains it very eloquently how the federal government played a big role in this redlining deal. Family, you should check out that book. Uh, it was a good read, family. It was a good read. He kind of explains how the federal government and the policies helped create the black, the black-white wealth gap in this country today, and he explained it very well. So, family, check that book out. And family, I also got a book of reading uh, called "The Debt" by Randall Robinson. That's a good read too, fam. And the Gullah Geechee Wars, family. A few little books I'm reading, you know. Trying to educate myself a little bit, family. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, put them on my website. See if I can put them on the website. Gwade.com. G-E-E-Wade.com. So check it out on the website. You know. Um, some good little reads that kind of explain a lot of stuff that was going on, fam. So family... That's my time. Thanks for listening. Peace out. One love.